The Money Show. Small business. Ryan Woolley, as promised, Chief Executive of Insurance Claims Africa. The backstory to this, Ryan, it feels like a million years ago. Um, and yeah, tourism, hospitality, so many industries found themselves devastated by lockdown regulations and restrictions and the fact that the business cycle changed fundamentally 18, 19 months ago. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's been a long, hard fight, um, but we're very pleased that we've been able to get this one over the line for our clients. And um, I think the 22nd of December marks one year since we got our decision in the Supreme Court. And um, we've only settled about 80% of our claims. There's still about 20% outstanding. So, so hopefully by March next year, we'll, we'll have them behind us. Uh, uh, why is... Uh, you know, again, I think we we know the reasons, and um, the Suntime chief executive is leaving now, and there's a new CEO coming in, and I think Sun Lum, which is the controlling shareholder in Suntime, would have preferred it to be more empathetic in its dealing with customers. One of the biggest problems has been, I think, the lack of empathy. Certainly, understanding the real hardship that smaller businesses have been through. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you think about an insurance claim on its own, it's the emotional trauma that you go through is bad enough, let alone when they turn around when you need them and they say, sorry, we're not going to pay your claim. And you've then got to hold out and have a, a huge long battle, only to be then, you know, scrutinized and arm wrestled over how much they pay. So I think that, yes, I think there's definitely some learnings out of this. I think that we've seen the law change um, from consu- uh, to align itself more with consumer protection and away from that black letter law. And uh, the insurers themselves, you know, they need to take a long, hard look at themselves, how they treat customers, transparency, and rebuild that trust that's been lost. Uh, It's not all been doom and gloom, not all been a mess. I mean, there's been some good. I'm sure there's been some bad. There's certainly been some ugly to misquote. No, not misquoting. I'm just quoting the title of a film from, (laughs) I think, the 1970s, a cowboy movie. Take me through the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you would. So I think I think the good, you know, our insurance came out and they honoured this uh, their, their clients' claims immediately. And um, I think that uh, Diamond Matia did a great job for his company. And I know that you know there's different views as to why he did it. Old Mutual, with Penny Nokia at, at, at the helm of these claims, has been also, um, you know, the minute that there was a judgment, they turned around and they started paying. And um, the same with Hollard in South Africa. Um, I think we'll get on to the bad, but, uh, you know, Holland Namibia are just a complete outlier. They've gone absolutely rogue. They're not following <laughs> any of the judgments uh, internationally or in South Africa. And um, we're just surprised that, you know, well, with Holland, South Africa is settling their claims, but, um, you know, they've turned around and kind of have said to the Entovens and everybody, sorry, we're going to do our own thing. So that's a bit unusual, and that's, um, you know, they, they, they are trying to litigate poorly. They're trying to drag the thing out. It's real Stalingrad litigation. But we'll just have to dig in, and our client is, uh, um, you know, currently in litigation with them, and, uh, and we'll just have to forge ahead. Are the regulatory um, environments are the regulatory environments sufficiently different, though, for that stance to be justified? So I think that, uh, yes, uh, I think that the regulatory environment in the insurance industry is um, a little bit softer in, in Namibia. It doesn't have the same teeth that our FSCA did or does have. Um, but in terms of legislation, in terms of judgments, um, they definitely follow South Africa and they also follow the UK. Um, 
And you know, if you've got if you've got Hollow South Africa and Ento have an own company paying these claims, um, you know, not taking any exceptions, we can't even get them to admit. I think at one point they said that the president lied about there being COVID in Vintuk. So it's been a it's been a remarkable uh, piece of litigation um, uh, that we could probably talk about for for an hour on its own. So I think that will probably unfold next year. And uh, and you know, unfortunately, it's damaging to to all sorts of um, relationships and brands. But you know, that's the choice that um, the executive in Namibia have followed, and it is what it is. I yeah, that that is that that that's certainly part of the ugly, no doubt. I mean, but yeah, so there, there's been a, a mixed experience, and um, I, I suppose as you know, buyers of insurance, we've all become a little bit wiser about understanding really what the T's and C's actually do mean, because there are T's and C's, and they are there to protect the insurers. Absolutely, and and I think that everybody should be scrutinizing those T's and C's a little bit more closely. I think that brokers also have to, you know, uh, pull their socks up and look at things a little bit more carefully. Um, but at the same time, like I said, we are seeing, you know, the law starting to line itself with consumer protection. You know, you can't put all these T's and C's. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a huge task for a policyholder to kind of comprehend all of this. And I think that that's, that's where, you know, the judgments have fallen in our favor. Um, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're still going to definitely be in the position where we're going to try and question insurance decisions and hold them accountable, you know, where we feel that they're wrong. I think that we even um, at some stage are looking at trying to develop a rating system from a claims perspective because, you know, the claims are the window into, into the insurance companies and how they service their clients. And uh, perhaps a rating system would keep them a little bit more honest in terms of, you know, trying to be held to be number one on RCA's list. <laughs> and, uh, but so how would you do a rating? I mean, when you, you say that this company is a good payer, a bad payer, an indifferent payer, I mean, how would you, how would you begin to so rate that without, system, without finding yourself you know, being dragged through the courts yourselves, of course, for defamation <laughs> at some point, because that's going to be the first line of defense the guys will use. They've got big balance sheets. Well, you know, if it's public, if, if it's um, if it's our opinion and it's in the public interest, um, you know, I don't think defamation could come into it. But um, you know, a rating system would have to be on a set criteria, and yes, I think that we could develop it. Um, I know that there's a either Scandinavian or Netherlands-based company that do uh, do do one, but it's not just based on the insurer's ability to pay, on their credit credentials, and so on. Actually, on on how they respond to. Uh, the consumer situation. And I think, um, you know, for, we would like to try and develop that for the commercial market, not just for domestic. Because domestic, the stats are there and they're quite easy to try and um, uh, glean. But uh, the commercial space is a bit more difficult. Transparency is a big thing. You know, the, the FSCA do have the treating customers fairly rigs. And perhaps that would be our starting point to, to see how the insurers, um, you know, um, deliver on their promise. What have you learned from this, though? I mean, I mean, you've you've gone through the mill on this one, Ryan. I mean, you've you've sat in the trenches with many of the people who have been had claims rejected, denied, delayed. And um, what have the, what has been the big learning? Do you think? I think the big learnings are, are insurers are on the insurers' front. I think the insurers have learned that they can't just blindly follow the legal advice that they receive from the attorneys. You know, we're starting to see glimpses of the old Suntum coming back. Rowan de Villiers has been excellent um, in trying to, you know, dig something out of this where, 
you know, they're coming and trying to make interim payments and, and moving forward. I think the learnings that we've taken are that, um, you know, clients need funds desperately at the time. They don't need it in two years' time. And I think that that's the thing that we've got to try and um, get right next time. Yeah, hopefully there isn't one, but if there is, then, you know, how do we get to getting that settlement earlier, sooner rather than later? How do we teach, you know, even FASRA themselves uh, through the riot claims, how do we teach them that paying interim payments, and we did see it, and they did listen to us, Cedric Masanda has been, been very good with that, um, paying interim payments early on just to try and ease the insurers, uh, sorry, the insured's pain and, and trying to get them to move forward. Thank you. Ryan Woolley has been fighting the fight this year, the Chief Executive of Insurance Claims Africa.